Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Man, I just want to say, it's just an honor to have you. It's just, you've been such a blessing to us. Um, so much that you have deposited, even the word about Tampa and the fire has pushed us forward. So can we just honor him as he comes forward tonight? mind if I take a minute, get set up? I feel like I'm in the UFC octagon. This is awesome. <laughs> this is amazing. I'm so glad to be in your new house. What an honor. What an honor. I, I actually am so blessed I got to be in your old house too. I, I, I tell you, I fell in love with you the first time I met you and saw you. And, and it was... Uh, I think it was the pre-rally thing for, what, Awaken the Dawn kind of deal thing? And um, the worship, oh, it got me. I, I was touched. I, I, my heart was connected at that moment. I go, if they love him this much, I like them, God. <laughs> like, like, I'm with them whether they know it or not. I'm in. And so uh, it's an honor to be here. I wasn't expecting to speak on what I'm going to speak on tonight. In fact, I, I got encountered by the Lord on the two and a half hour drive over because I'm on the other coast. I'm holding down the fort on the treasure coast. And I um, never thought I would be back in Florida, though I am a Florida native. I was born in Cocoa Beach and raised in outside of Orlando and then moved up to just south of the Georgia line, outside of Jacksonville. So I'm, I'm a legit Florida native, born and bred here. My wife is too. But we went, like he said, we went, got called to the house of prayer. Um, my very first staff meeting at Metro Christian Fellowship, Mike Bickle announced he's leaving to do the 24-7 house of prayer. That was my very first staff meeting. So we just all went with him. And... Um, began the glorious ride to what God has birthed now, some 20,000 24-7 prayer rooms in the earth today. In 1985, there was 24. And now there's nearly 20,000 houses of prayer, 24-7, chains of prayer, networks of prayer, houses of prayer on the earth. There's never been a time where uh, more intercession is being made, and yet there's more. There's more. But um, last night, I, I think if I understood, Eric spoke to you on how to cultivate that habitation on the inside. Is that correct? I wasn't here, but it, it sounded like that. You know, as I was driving over, the Lord spoke to me about habitation. You know, that, that is like the biggest theme in the Bible. It began with God creating a creature made in His image. That's the one creature made to commune with Him. There's no other creature like you in heaven or on earth. You were made for God, fully for Him, to be surrounded by Him, to be dwelt with Him, and to be dwelt inside by Him. There's no other creature like you. It, it, it's habitation. And in Genesis, when, we, when that divide, that divide, when 
because of sin, heaven and earth, that division that Ephesians 1 verse 10 says, that the very purpose of God is to bring all things together in heaven on earth in Christ. So in Christ, he's bringing, he's healing the breach and bringing the habitation. And the whole Bible ends with heaven coming to earth and God dwelling with us. And there are levels to it. Habitation, it's a serious thing. You know, there's levels to regaining that habitation. And we've not even seen the fullness. You've got the down payment called the Holy Spirit. But the fullness will come when he splits the sky and you get a resurrected body and your resurrected glorified human body and your the Holy Spirit dwelling in you comes together. That's it. You've got the down payment. You've got the groan right now, the promise and the groan for more. That's where you're at. You're stuck in the already, but not yet. But the full habitation's coming when Jesus comes. And then when Jesus returns, he will prepare the earth for a thousand years for the coming of Abba. (laughs) Right now, the Holy Spirit is preparing the earth for the return of Jesus. But you know, one day... The Holy Spirit, the resurrected saints, and Jesus ruling on the earth will prepare the earth for a thousand years so that Abba can bring the new Jerusalem and heaven and earth can come together in fullness. Do you know Abba, it says, when he stands off his throne, heaven and earth will flee from before his face. (laughs) Abba doesn't just show up. When he comes, there's preparation. That's the point. There's levels to this. But heaven is coming down. But I want to talk to you tonight, as Eric spoke about cultivating that habitation, that internal reality of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, how to cultivate that habitation. I want to talk to you about the outside of the cup. I want to talk to you about the glory of the human body tonight. Turn with me to John chapter 1, verse 51. How many of you know salvation's not complete until you have a resurrected, glorified human body? All of us here believe God wants to save our soul. But few of us believe he really cares about your body. We know he wants to save our souls, but do you know the Apostle John prayed, Brothers, beloved, I pray that your bodies would prosper just as your souls prosper. Yes, you're going to get a serious upgrade, but right now... God cares about the human body. In fact, he doesn't just care. It's the glorious part of salvation. Because the gospel is not the evasion from death. It's the conquering of death through resurrection. You're not evading death. The gospel is not you evade death. You're going to die. In fact, it's been appointed unto man to die and give account to God. It's been appointed. You're not going to evade death. 
You're going to conquer it through resurrection. You've got to know that. When we say the gospel, we don't mean your soul's going to be saved and you're going to float up to a cloud, kind of float for eternity with a bunch of cherubim. No! Jesus is going to shout. Every grave will open. Every human body will rise from the dead and you will meet that body in the sky. If you die before the coming of the Lord, you will be first. You will meet your spirit in the air. If you live to see the coming of the Lord, you will be part of what Paul calls that mysterious generation that though you don't die, you will be changed. Which means you will ascend. And as you ascend to meet him in the air, your body will just change. (laughs) I don't know which one I want. I mean, I tell Rachel, I go, Rachel, I want to be cremated. Now, don't look at me like I'm crazy. A lot of you are scared to get cremated. You don't, I mean, do you know how many human beings have been eaten by sharks? He's going to have to raise those people. You're like, I don't know if I want to be cremated. He needs my whole body. No! And he knows every molecule, every atom. I tell Rachel, I said, take my cremated body, sprinkle a little bit in New Zealand and some in South America and put some in Canada. And I just want to, can you imagine as your eyeball forms in the air and your leg forms over Brazil, then over Iceland, your You're laughing, but I'm dead serious. The angel said, this same Jesus, he said, it is I, me, touch me. You understand the glory of the human body. Jesus said this to Nathanael in John 1.51. He said to him when Nathanael came, and you remember the story, Philip brought Nathaniel to Jesus, Nathaniel didn't quite believe that the Messiah could come from Nazareth. Can anything good ever come out of Nazareth? And Philip has a great answer, come and see. Just come see. <laughs> Seeing is believing, just come see. And then when he says there's an Israelite in whom there's no guile, and Nathaniel goes, ah, you are the Christ. You are the King of Israel. And he goes, you believe because I gave you that little word. He goes, you're that easily fascinated. (laughs) If your eyes are this fascinated because of a little word of knowledge, what are they going to look like when I raise the dead and heal the sick and I come out of the grave and ascend into heaven without any help? I'm going to blow your mind, Nathaniel. You haven't seen anything yet. You will see heaven open and angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And this is the point. In this scripture, Jesus is letting everybody know that what Jacob saw, the ladder connecting heaven and earth, has now been formed in me. I'm the connecting point. The kingdom will come in fullness because of me. I'm the connecting point between heaven and earth. And now divine activity, angels, 
will ascend and descend upon me. And the key thing that I want you to leave here with is the connecting point between heaven and earth is a human body. Do you see it? Do you know the answer to Satan's deception and the human fall and sin? The answer to it is a child born, a son given. I mean, put your head around that for a minute. When all of humanity is deceived and we give over our authority to the devil and his demons and the earth is fallen and the separation takes place, immediately the prophecy comes forth in Genesis 3.15. Do you remember it? God comes in the cool of the day. Where are you? At that point, he then calls the serpent over first. And the very first thing he says is, do you see that little girl? Get a good look at her. You won round one. But get a good look at her. You won round one, but you will not win the war. Do you see her? That girl will give birth to a child, and you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. Salvation, the answer to the problem of humanity, was a child born. Have you put your mind around that? Thousands of years of a family contending to give birth to a baby. A child is born. A son is given. And the government will rest upon his shoulders. He'll be called wonder of a counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And of the increase of his governing peace, there will be no end. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. A human body. (laughs) Unbelievable. And that's why the whole Bible is tracing. Where's the seed? When's he coming? When's the king going to be born from the loins of a woman who's going to retake the kingdom for the king? When's he coming? He's coming through Abraham. He's coming through Isaac. He's coming through Jacob. Jacob has 12 sons. He's coming through Judah. Out of Judah, a lion will come forth. And a rod will destroy the sons of tumult. He's coming through Judah, the house of David. A young maiden named Mary. I think you're going to freak out one day when you stand before the throne. And you stand at the judgment seat of Christ and you look at him and you look at her and you look at him and you look at his mama and you're going to realize he has her cheekbones. It said that Mary pondered these things. She gave birth. And she pondered these things. Why? How can God have my cheekbones? You have any idea what that means? John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in verse 14 at the climax, and the Word became flesh and made His habitation, His tabernacle among us. We've seen His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father.
full of grace and truth. The law came through Moses, but grace came through Christ who came from the bosom of the Father. He has made him known. No one has seen the Father but him who's in the bosom of the Father has made him known. This tells us something. This this tells us massively What does it mean, the incarnation? What does it mean for us as we live today? As we have the indwelling spirit, what does it mean that you're sitting here? That, that, what does it mean that you can even be sitting here so calm and you've got the third person of the Trinity dwelling in you? Do you have any idea what that means? Do you have any idea what a statement about your body that is? That you could just be sitting there half asleep as the preacher's preaching and you've got the third person of the Trinity dwelling in you. I I learned this when I, it's called the principle of agreement. Theologically, it's the principle of agreement. Do you understand the principle of agreement is this, that an infrastructure has to be as strong as the power that's going to flow through the infrastructure. I remember my first trip to Asia, I didn't understand this principle. And uh, in fact, when I got married, my wife gave me two conditions for marriage. She said she had two cats that she had had for like 18 and 20 years. And if I married her, they're coming with me. We got married at 21, so she had them almost every year of her life. So they're coming with us. If we get married, they're coming. And I said, okay, I'm a dog guy myself. And it tested my prayer life. But in two years, I prayed those things out. Two years. Some kind only come out by prayer and fasting. They came out. First year, one died. Next, praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. And I had nothing. It wasn't my fault. That was even better. The second one was we had to sleep with a fan. She grew up sleeping with a fan. She wanted a fan. And praise God, I got converted over to the wisdom of sleeping with a fan. Hallelujah. And I remember my first trip to Asia, uh, I knew that I needed to have a fan. And this was, beloved, this was back in the ancient days before your iPhone had apps for a fan. You actually had to have a fan. So I bought a little fan at a hardware store. And I heard that the power over there was 220, not 110. But I didn't understand the difference between an adapter and a converter. You see, there's a big difference. An adapter makes the plugs work right. A converter makes the plugs work right, but takes the 220 power and changes it to 110 so the infrastructure of the fan can survive that power. 
Well, I remember I got over, and I think it was either Hong Kong or Korea. I can't remember which one it was. But as soon as we landed, they make you speak 48 times in three days. And I got back in my room late that night, and the bed was as it was harder than this floor. And I'm from the South. I mean, Grandma's feather bed is real. I want a bed that, like, when you fall in it, 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 it just cuddles you and kind of rubs your head and says, it's going to be all right, Alan. It's gonna, you're safe now, at least for eight hours. Uh, but, but, but not in Asia. It's rock hard. But I said, at least I have a fan. So I plugged in it to my adapter. I put the adapter in the wall, and I turned on the little fan that could. And suddenly that fan was big. I mean, the first couple seconds, it was and then just and burnt wires and just fire and just burn it all up. And at that moment, I learned the principle of agreement. You better have an infrastructure that's compatible with the power that's going to flow through it. And yet every one of you sit here tonight in your fallen human body can take the third person of the Trinity dwelling in you. Your hair should be smoking. Your flesh should be melting. The power that brooded over creation and brought forth all the stars is dwelling in you and you can get tired and bored during the preaching and want to take it down. Do you have any idea what that says about your body? Do you have any idea what that says about you as the connecting point between heaven and earth? You know what Jesus said about the church? In Ephesians 1, verse 23, it says he's the head of of all things over the church, which the church is the fullness of Him who fills all in all. What in the world? Do you have any idea what that means about the glory of who you are? And yet I find that many of us spend most of our time Hating that which God loves. We either want the physique of our brother or the hair of our sister. Everyone I know, if they got brown eyes, they want blue eyes. If you got blue eyes, you want green eyes. Green-eyed people like their green eyes. But, but, <laughs> but everybody else wants something else. Got curly hair, you want straight hair. Got big hips, you want little hips, you got little hips, you pay to have big hips. <laughs> and if the truth is known, the ones that we think that are the most beautiful in our midst are tormented the most. But do you know how, how noble of a creature you are? That the third person of the Trinity would dwell in you. And you know how noble of a creature you are. That the Trinity, the second person of the Trinity, 
would take on your form forever. You have any idea how much God loves the human body? That out of the overflow of the Trinity, in the eternal fellowship and love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in eternal love dreamed up a creature whom he could bring into the fellowship and not destroy it. You know that's God's dilemma? is to be close to his creation without destroying it. Have you read the Bible? Everything around God shakes. That's the question. Even when he builds the heavenly temple with his own hands, can he build a place that isn't destroyed when he manifests his glory? And even when we find out the heavenly temple still shakes. Everything around God shakes. That's his dilemma. You think you have a problem uh, coming to God and knowing him. He has a bigger problem. Saving you and loving you without destroying you. You know when he put his glory over a little box called the Ark of the Covenant? About this size when his glory would manifest over the mercy seat. He had to put a whole sacrificial system and priesthood in place just to keep from destroying everybody. Not because he's mad, because he's holy and you're not. Because he's infinite and you're temporal, you're finite. You're frail, he's weighty. (laughs) Things break around him. He's got a dilemma. He wants to love you without killing you. That's why he told Moses, he said, go Moses, I'm done. I can't go with you. Most go, you got to go with us. No, I'll kill everybody and I don't want to. I love you. I'll send an angel. No, you can't send him. Oh, Moses, you don't know what you're asking. I'm God. And I love you. He had to put a whole sacrificial system just to keep Israel safe. From glory manifesting over a two-by-two-foot mercy seat. You know, all the tribes would camp around the ark, except for the Levites. They had to camp right around the tent of meeting. And in Numbers 1, verse 51, it says, why? Lest my wrath break out. He goes, I love you so much, i got to keep you alive. Till the incarnation. (laughs) But the glory of the human body. You have any idea about when Jesus became a man, what that means for your life? You have any idea? Can, Can you imagine when the angel Gabriel showed up to Mary? Not long long from now, you will be with child. And that child will sit on his father's throne, David. And that child will be a son of the highest. And she goes, hey, Gabriel, uh, I don't know how angelology works and angel, physiology, spiritual, whatever ology it is, how it works up there. But down here, you got to know a man to have a baby. No man. No baby. (laughs) He goes, no problem. 
He goes, no problem. You don't know who you are, do you? Not long from now, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And you will conceive a child. And he will be the Holy One of God. The angel doesn't miss a beat. He's just like, you have no idea who you are, do you? You're the one creature made for him. And then God himself would assume a human form and go through every season of our life. Can you imagine God as a kid? Do you know Luke says he grew? And wisdom and knowledge and strength. Can you imagine what it was like for Jesus? As God in the flesh comes, his little brain is growing. And as it grows, he comes into the knowledge that he's the maker of heaven and earth. Can you imagine the night he was looking up at the stars of Nazareth? And that little boy is looking and all of a sudden he hears, You made the heavens and the earth. Seem James running to James. I made the heavens. I did. What was it like the first time he God let him see spiritual things and he saw an angel? Can you imagine little Jesus? It's like do, do I know you? <laughs> Why, yes, you made me. James, I made the angels. (laughs) Can you imagine? Little Jesus, that by the age of 12, he knows who he is. Do you know Jesus so loves your body that he became a man? He grew in a human body. He lived your life in a human body. Every season, even to the point of being poured out to death, he died in a human body so that you and I could live. And you know, when he rose from the dead, he didn't just ascend into heaven as a spirit, glorified spirit. Can you imagine if Jesus would have said, praise God, that limiting season was over. (laughs) I'm done with that thing. No. No. He said, touch me. I'm not a ghost. (laughs) I'm hungry. Give me some food. And he eats. Can you imagine? He appears in a locked room. He eats fish and honey and then walks right through the wall. And the honey and fish don't fall out. (laughs) His human body is glorified. Now it assumes the food. And changes it and he can go through things. Jesus rose in a human body. Jesus is coming back in a human body. But you know what he did before between him rising and coming back? The Bible says he ascended into heaven and walked into the throne room of God. And as a man sat down on God's throne. You have any idea? As a man, he ascended through the heavens. He went through the second heavens putting powers and principalities underneath his feet as a man. Beloved, the gospel is not that God overcame Satan. God has always overcame Satan. That was no God does not tempt and cannot be tempted. 
He didn't need to overcome. We did. God as a man overcame Satan. And as a man, he ascended through the heavens, putting powers and principalities and spiritual hosts of darkness underneath his human feet. Then he walks by the cherubim into the throne room and sits down at the Father's right hand on God's throne. Do you have any idea what that means for your life? That at, on God's throne is a man. Do you have any idea? We made it. No, for real. We made it. We made it. Humanity is sitting at the right hand of the Almighty in the person of Jesus, your King, your God, and your big brother. Beloved, it's okay to love Him. Not just worship Him, love Him. He's your King, your God, and your friend. He's your brother. In fact, it says in Hebrews 2, he's not ashamed to call us his brethren. It says it's gonna, he's going to lead worship to the Father in the midst of the assembly. Can you imagine the day when Jesus pulls out your worship song and leads the assembly of the righteous in praise to the Father with your song? We don't, we don't get it. Jesus is fully God. Every time you see him, you see God. But he is fully man so that every time the Father sees him, he sees what we were made to be like. And Jesus took all of us up in his robe and sat us down at the right hand of the Father where we sit in heavenly places and you wonder if God likes you. wonder if he likes you. Beloved, this thing is so far beyond like. This is affectionate, fervent, burning love and delight that he would share his throne with you. And all you can see right now is your last season. He sees way more than your last season. He sees you in your resurrected body a billion years from now. Ruling and reigning in light and power and glory and love and humility and meekness. Jesus is coming back in a human body. He's going to raise all of us up and give us glorified human bodies. And we're going to destroy the works of, a devil, of the devil in human bodies. We're going to put him in the lake of fire. Romans 16, 20 says, And the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath whose feet? Our feet. Our human feet will trample on the wicked. Beloved, are you with me? This is why Satan hates your body. He 
hates your body for two main reasons. Number one, human beings are made in the image of God and made to be filled with the Spirit of God and are the connecting point between heaven and earth. This is unbelievable. Do you know when Paul would do miracles or even Jesus when he'd walk through, you know people would say, if I could only touch the hem of his garment. If those clothes are touching his body, you get healed. As many as touched him were healed. Now you, you wrestle with that a little bit. You don't touch him, you don't get healed. But as many as touched him, God healed. Remember the woman with blood? She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. If anything is touching him and I can touch it, I get healed. You know, Paul's handkerchiefs would heal people. You know, those weren't like a religious thing. Like, we're going to have a handkerchief ministry. We're going to get a bunch. We're going to buy a bunch of handkerchiefs. We're going to pour oil all over them and pass them out and put them under your pillow. That's not what that was. He was a tent maker. And as he would sweat, he would wipe the sweat on his aprons and his handkerchief. And they would grab his handkerchief and go touch sick people with it. Do you know what sweat is? It's the toxins of the human body. And they release human healing power. Wrestle with that a little bit. Do you know Peter's shadow, if it fell on someone, they would get healed. What is it the shadow of? His body. Do you know if he held his pinky in the sun and it touched their body, they got healed. If he moved it and it didn't touch it, they didn't get healed. It says as many as his shadow touched were healed. Do you have any idea the nobility that gives a human body? The very connecting point between heaven and earth. You know your eyes release His glory. Your hands release His glory. Your smile releases His glory. Your words release His glory. Your touch releases His glory. You have any idea? You're the connecting point. You're not just some spiritual, ethereal being that, oh, I'm all mystical and yeah, just me, community, just something spiritual. No, you got hands. Put them on somebody. You got eyes. Look at somebody. I remember my dear friend. He, he, was, he was just crazy in the Holy Ghost. I loved him. And a whole group of hell's angels were in a McDonald's for some reason. And he went in. He goes, I got to go talk to him. And he goes and he sat right across from the biggest tatted dude. And just talked to him for an hour. Came out. And I said, did, did, what happened? He goes, well... I shared the gospel with him. I said, did he receive it? He goes, no, but he was one foot away from the presence of Jesus for an hour. <laughs> I went, oh, oh. I went, yeah. He goes, he had to look Jesus right in the eyes. He had to receive his love. He had to hear the word. I go, oh, that changes everything. He looked and he goes, you're the connecting point between heaven and earth. 
My dear friend Tammy Hutchins, she was, uh, went to Brazil and it was in the midst of the Brazilian revival. And after the evangelist preached, he got all those who were uh, uh, part of the ministry team, he divided up in lines, okay? I want you to work the salvation. If you need salvation, get in this line. If you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, get in this line. You need deliverance. So salvation, healing, deliverance lines. She got put in the deliverance line. She was standing there, and there was this uh, witch in the line. And as, as she was praying for people, the witch was just coming forward in the line going, in the Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, right, 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 mocking the name of Jesus. So Tammy, my friend, was freaked out a little bit. And when the witch got there, she didn't know what to do. She, she came to the evangelist and said, here's what's going on. And he looked at her and he goes, you don't know who you are, do you? Walked right up, put one finger on her head. Pow! Come out! She hit the ground, began to shake under the power of the Lord and was fully delivered. My other friend, in the midst of the Brazilian revival, he was a journalist and he was skeptical about what they were saying was going on. So he flew down, and before the healing service would take place on Sunday, they would go up to Prayer Mountain to pray all night. And he thought Prayer Mountain was like a house of prayer with a building. It was a trail that went to the top of the mountain where they put newspaper down on the ground and prayed all night. And he said about halfway through the night, suddenly the leaves began to change on the trees. Everything began to be light, like in the transfiguration. Now, he's skeptical. He's a journalist. He did, And suddenly, he's in a quandary. What is going on and what's happening? And the leader took some leaves and put it in his hand. And it's like when you shine a flashlight through a leaf and you can see the veins of the leaf. It's glowing, but the light source is his hand. He goes, explain this to me. He goes, you don't know who you are, do you? You don't know who you are. Love, we don't know who we are. We have no idea the dignity and nobility. And Satan, because of that reason, you're the connecting point between heaven and earth. You are the fullness of him in every way, Ephesians 1.23 says. He hates your human body. The second reason he hates your human body because your human body is going to be with Jesus' glorified human body and put him in the lake of fire forever. He hates you for that reason. That's why he loves to demean human bodies, torment human bodies. That's why he loves famine and debt and disease and war and violence. He hates human bodies. He hates them. Because you're the ones made to rule and reign with Jesus forever. You're the ones who will overthrow him with King Jesus in that day. He oppresses, he kills, he steals, he destroys, he seeks to cause mass loss of life. He delights in causing people to lose their dignity through sexual immorality. Because it's the one sin against the body. That's why he's assaulting the earth with perversion now. Because it's the one sin where you'll, you'll, you'll sin against your body and turn on your body. You'll hate your body. 
That's why you notice when you commit a sexual sin, everyone wants to call it a spirit of lust or spirit of this, a spirit of greed, all these spirits. And yet, that spirit that causes you to lust, as soon as you fail, it doesn't stop there. It suddenly becomes a spirit of condemnation. The spirit of self-hatred. Because lust isn't the final goal. It's to get you to despise yourself. To hate yourself. To sin against your own body. To, to neutralize you from being the ladder, the connecting point. You know when Paul wanted to encourage the Corinthians to come out of sexual immorality. Do you have any idea what he said to them? You know, he didn't say, come on, you bunch of losers, pull your bootstraps up. Get with it. Weenies, pathetic, wimps, can't take a little temptation. It's not what he does. You know what he says? He goes, you don't know who you are. As food is for the stomach, and the stomach is for food. He's given a word association. You ever done that? A word association? Where you say, stomach. What's the first word you associate stomach with? Food. The food is for stomach, stomach for the food. In other words, food was made for the stomach, and the stomach was made for food. That's, that's how joined they are. Have you ever done a word association? I, I, I was in 20 years in Kansas City. If you say Kansas City, you know what you say? Barbecue. Or Patrick Mahone. Hallelujah. You say that. What do you say when you say Tampa? Abide. Hallelujah. Got a committed member right here. He then goes, as food is for the stomach, and the stomach is for food, so the Lord is for the body, and the body for the Lord. What? Do you hear what Paul just said? When creation, when there's a word association, and the word human is thrown up, human body, all of creation says God. The Lord. The body is for the Lord. And the Lord is for the body. Which means God made a creature in his image that he could fully inhabit. So that when everyone else looks upon a human body, they see God. Do you have any idea who you are? That's why he assaults the human body. That's why he degrades the human body. That's why he brings torment to the human body. Do you know Satan tempts us? How do I say this? Satan brings us into bondage by getting us to agree with his lies about our bodies. I remember I was teaching at a healing. Are y'all with me? Because I'm going to talk about some stuff we don't talk about from the pulpit. 
I remember I was at a healing conference and I was the speaker. And as I'm laying, the, they asked me to lay a theological groundwork for healing. So I'm up teaching on healing. Theology of healing. And in the middle of my teaching, the Holy Spirit begins to speak on me, speak to me about the problem with my message. Have you ever had that happen? It's not fun. Because you still are preaching it and he's telling you. You're off. Or you're missing a piece. And the Holy Spirit began to tell me what was wrong with the move of healing in the Western world. And so I'm preaching, and while I'm still preaching, and as a preacher, there's three dialogues always going on. You preaching what you're about to say, you hearing from God about what you're to say next, and you hearing from God about what's happening in the congregation. You're always having these dialogues that are going on at the same time. And I'm hearing from him, and he goes, Alan, they're going to come forward, and you're going to pray for healing, and they're going to come into agreement about my healing power for about 15 to 30 minutes tonight. When they've grown up their whole entire lives before that mirror, when every night they go before that mirror, and every morning they wake up in front of that mirror, they undress and they dress in front of it, they join, they accept demonic lies and they come into agreement with those lies about their bodies and they imagine after thousands of hours of agreement with devils, 10 minutes is going to set them free. He goes, that's why they'll receive a measure of healing at the altar. They'll go, oh, I'm healed. And then they'll go back and it's as if the spirit of affliction will lift off and go, Okay, I'll, I'll leave. I'll meet you tonight when you undress. I'll meet you in the morning when you dress. I'll meet you back in your bathroom when you shower. And we built altars where devils speak lies about who we are. And we come into agreement with those lies. I hate this. I wish that were different. That's too big. This is too small. And he picks up the ante as you grow older. Your husband will never like this. Your wife will never like this. You'll never, you'll never, you're never, you're never, you're never. And then at some point, you actually cross the line. I hate that. Sometimes you move to the place of, I just wish. And we do the healing, you know, two-step dance and the religious, put on the religious face about healing. Oh, yeah, healing. Come on. The children's bread. And we do the thing and we do our religious ceremony. And we get about 30 minutes of relief while we've got altars to devils in our bedrooms and bathrooms. With levels of self-hatred and fear and anxiety. And if you grow up in that as a little girl or a little boy from a child and then suddenly someone shows you affection 
And for the first time, someone likes your body and then you mess up and you slip into immorality. And at that point, everything turns on you. As you've sinned against your own body and now you feel dirty, so you act dirty. And you've blown it and you can't tell anyone. You've got to fake religious stuff. Or you looked on the... My generation, you couldn't get away with pornography. If I went in my small town of 3,000 and I went to the 7-Eleven to buy a magazine, the guy behind the counter picked up the phone and called my dad. I couldn't get away with cussing on the bus. For real. My dad said, hey, bus driver called today. But now you click. Now you hate yourself. You hate your eyes. You hate your body. And his one goal is to neutralize you from being the latter. The connecting point. Heaven and earth. But we still use the rhetoric. We still got the rhetoric. We're the healing people. While we worship devils. In our bathrooms and bedrooms. I hate myself. I just wish I were dead. The evil one whispers lies about our futures. God wants to set us free. Beloved, I understand what it's like to be not dealt a good hand. Because some of you go, well, you didn't get my hand. Look again, I got your hand. (laughs) I know what it's like to have a thyroid issue and look at a dessert and blow up 10 pounds. Don't tell me about body image. I can look at a piece of cheesecake and be bigger than this new church. (laughs) I understand some of us don't like the hand we were dealt, but I want to tell you, you're going to get a serious upgrade. At the resurrection, beloved, no one at the resurrection is going to dislike their resurrected human body. You're going to get a serious upgrade. And between now and then, you've got to get devils out of your bathroom. You've got to get devils out of your bedroom. You've got to get the devil out of your head and speaking lies about who you are and condemning you for the last season. The body is for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. I remember I was in. You know, nothing is more glorious than when a human being who's been caught in bondage and sin gets free and picks their dignity back up in God. Nothing more glorious. Nothing more glorious. I remember I was, I just graduated from high school and my buddies and I bought a bunch of beer put it in our car and went down to Key West to go lobstering and spearfishing. And the Lord always had me on a short lease. I couldn't get away with anything. 
So I, I'm like, I get down there and I lock my keys in the trunk with all the beer. hundred and some degrees, I finally get the key sent down on a Greyhound bus, unlock it, we put it in the bathtub with ice and the extreme temperature change, all the beer busted. So we took our food money, bought more beer, and I remember getting just toasted, we went down to Key West and we're in the middle of the square and this tarot card reader comes up, and I know better because I, I was a believer actually agreeing to this nonsense. And the Lord wouldn't let me get away with anything, praise God. You know, He disciplines those He loves. He just kept pulling me back in. I couldn't get away with it. Some of you young people just face the fact you ain't getting away with nothing. You can try, but it's because He loves you. He just loves you. It's like the little kid about to go into the road. He just, you keep snatching them back. No, you really don't want to get hit by that truck. Just come on back. And so, I remember as the tarot card reader comes up and goes to grab one of my friend's hands, this gal comes out of nowhere. This little gal in a white dress and barefoot. She comes up, she goes, back up, get off of them in the name of Jesus Christ. Back off. Right now, leave them alone. In Jesus' name. The guy fell back like four feet, like he didn't know what was going on. And she looked at us and she said, come over here now. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and my lips were still tingling. And I sat down and she opens the Bible to the book of Revelation and begins going through that time is short and Jesus is coming soon and this is no place to be for young men like you. And then she looks and goes, what are you doing here? I'm like, I don't know. This is a really bad idea. <laughs> really, but I should have bought peanut butter and jelly. Really bad idea. And as I was sitting there looking at her, I was undone by how beautiful she was. She must have been in her early 30s. She could have been younger. And I'm sitting there and I'm stunned by how absolutely gorgeous this woman is. And I thought, this has to be an angel. She's got to be an angel. And so I asked her about the angel test. You do know the angel test, right? Oh, man. This is a by church, isn't it? Y'all don't know the angel test. You ask them, do you have a belly button? No, you pick up. It's an angel. You go, hey, dude. I, we couldn't do it. She had a dress. It was a lady. So, But uh, with a guy, you're like, please, hey. That's how you can tell. <laughs> I'm kidding, don't do that. But it's probably true. But I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, she's an angel. 
But you know what? She was way better. She was a prostitute. Her name's Michelle. She may still be alive. And I was, she told us she was a prostitute for many, many years till someone came and shared the gospel with her. And she was traveling all around the nation to tell people about the one who saved her and set her free. And you know what I thought the whole time as she's telling me this? She's going to make someone a really awesome wife. nothing more beautiful than a human being who picks up their dignity after they've fallen. Some of you, the devil has lied so much about your mistakes that you can't picture a good future. It's a lie. It's a lie. The Lord has a good future for you. A really good future. You know, in 2009... It was November 4th, and during one of our student chapels, a girl by the name of May came up and shared her testimony. She shared her testimony as she was at a healing and evangelism service, a revival service, and she had, um, she, someone had a, attempted to rape her when she was 12 or 13. And it led to despising herself and hating herself. And it led to an eating disorder that did massive internal damage to her. And she was crying out to God to be healed. And the first night, they prayed for healing and nothing happened. And the next night, the evangelist looked at her and said, You've been crying out for healing, but you have to first repent of your self-hatred. And when you repent of your self-hatred, God will release healing power. And in that moment, he came up and he led her through a prayer that she would renounce her self-hatred against her body. And when she did, she was completely healed and filled with the Holy Spirit. And joy began to break out in her life. And as she's sharing this from the, the stage... Suddenly, the Spirit of God begins to move among our chapel, which is about, was about 700 students at the time. The Spirit began to move, and she said, if you want to be delivered of self-hatred, come up right now. They came up, and we prayed a prayer of renunciation. I gave a little teaching about the mirror like I did tonight. Corey... Uh, Russell gave a prayer of deliverance. He did the whole eye thing like he does, cover your eyes and renounce everything. Satan, you're not my master. I'm not your servant. God is my master. Jesus is my master. I'm his servant. And in that moment, 
suddenly the power of God hit the room. Which then left our students rejoicing and filled with joy and they wouldn't leave the prayer room and they just kept getting filled with joy and delighting in God and the Spirit and His love began to touch them. And by the next week on Wednesday in our freshman class, suddenly God came in the building. And the Spirit began to move for 10 months. 7,000 healings. 1,500 baptisms. As I watched one night, I'll never forget, waves of healing would break out. But it, many times it would be after they would repent of their self-hatred and their fears. Because the enemy lies through fears. Your husband won't like this. Your wife won't like that. This is too small. That's too big. He is a liar. Waves of his anointing would come in the room. I felt like tonight, you're talking about habitation and you're cultivating the insides, but a lot of times we don't know how to respond to our failures on the outside. I tell you, it's time to get devils out of our bathrooms and our bedrooms. You know what the students began to do? They went home. Now, the guys didn't do this. I just want to be honest. But the girls did. They took their lipstick and they wrote on their mirrors, Hepzibah. <laughs> the Lord delights in me. Beulah, I'm married to the Lord. I'm fit for a king. I'm fit for a king. You know, as a father, I raised my sons, and all three of my sons had different body types. Cute as all get out. My oldest son's rear end was big enough for all three of them. My youngest son was so cute he didn't even have a hiney that he couldn't keep his britches up. And all three of them, the devil visited in their bathrooms to lie to them. And as their father, I wanted to get inside their heads and scream, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You have no idea how beautiful you are just as you are. As they went through all their seasons. But you know what? As a dad, I couldn't get in their heads. I could tell them from the outside. But you know who can? The Holy Spirit. Who dwells in you. He can whisper to you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are. You're Hepzibah. The Lord delights in you. You're Beulah. You're married to the Lord. He has a good plan for your body. He's going to raise you up on that day. You're going to rule and reign with Him in glory. And in the meantime, He's got a good future for you in this life. It's time to get free. It's time to get free. Can I tell you one more story? 
It's the most precious story I got. And I'd appreciate it if you keep it as holy. I remember I was playing uh, volleyball on Lake Collinsworth outside my dorm room with, the, with my, my guy friends. And I'm playing and, and um, this little gal comes to ask me something. Her name's Rachel. And she goes to ask me something because my roommate lied to her. But God's sovereignty just was amazing. He told her that I liked her, but I knew she had been in a, 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 a relationship with a guy and had broken up with him after several years in high school. So I was giving her time and space, being really thoughtful. It wasn't true. I wasn't interested at all. I had to make a 4-0 to keep my scholarship, and no girls were in my mind at all. It was books. But he told her this. And so she came and asked me. I, I get done playing volleyball, and she comes up to me, and she goes, Alan, are you, uh, uh, what, are, what are you doing this, this Saturday? And I go, oh, no. She's either going to ask me to take her to the airport or to move her apartment because that's all good-looking girls ask Christian guys to do. Make airport runs and help them move. I was like, darn it. And I go, I go well, I've got a canoe trip with some of the guys and... She goes, oh, 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 never mind. And I go, no, 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 no. Just, you know, because at the end of the day, canoe trip with a bunch of sweaty college guys or being used by a cute Christian girl. <laughs> I mean, that is a no-brainer, people. <laughs> I said, no, don't, don't go too fast. You know, I, you know, hey, just let me know. We, I, we were in Lakeland at Florida Southern and. Hopefully it's the Orlando airport and a little further in traffic and get to spend some time to work out. And then she goes, well, well, and she's shaking. She goes, well, have you heard of a Sadie Hawkins dance? And, and I, 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 we're having a, a Sadie Hawkins dance and a Sadie Hawkins. I, go, well, I know what a Sadie Hawkins dance is. It's where the girl, so you don't, it's where the girl has to ask the guy out. And so I stop and I go, wait a minute. Are you asking me out on a date? And she goes, well, no, you have to. I go, no, you don't have to. I said, you're asking me out on a date, aren't you? And she goes, well, I go, no, no, it's okay. I'll go, I'll go out with you on Saturday. It was Tuesday. If you go out with me tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. Guys, take notes. That was a divinely inspired answer. <laughs> so we spend the next three days talking and getting to know each other. And back then, there was the only thing open all night long was, was steak and shake and crystals. And so we, we talked all night long, and, and I remember one night as I dropped her off at her dorm room, suddenly I'm sitting there, and she goes, uh, Alan, 
Christian God. I really like you. She goes, but I know that you wanted to marry a Christian girl. And you need to know something about my past. She goes, I dated a guy for two years. And on my senior homecoming, he forced himself upon me. And then I felt so dirty that. And it took almost a year for an intervention to get help and to get free. And she goes, I just want to let you know that so that you can decide whether you want to really date me. And I'm, I'm looking at her, and she's the most beautiful girl I'd ever seen at that moment. And I heard the Lord say, what do you think about my daughter? Can I, can I tell you something? When a father asks you what you think about his daughter, he's really not asking you what you think about his daughter. He's asking you what, whether you agree with what he thinks about his daughter. He goes, what do you think about my daughter? And all I remember was saying, she's beautiful. And he goes, she is as pure and undefiled as the new snow on a winter day. What do you think? And at that moment, I remember saying in my heart, I want to marry her. You know, when you fail and you've missed it and you pick your dignity back up, there is nothing more beautiful than when a human being picks their dignity up and says, God, I love you and I trust you and you've got a good future for me. Am I talking to anyone tonight? If we can have the worship team. See, we've got a whole generation trapped. No one's talking about it. And we've got to get free. We've got to get our habitation free so we can receive the outpouring of the Spirit the Lord wants to do in a mighty way. And we've got to get devils out of our bathrooms and devils out of our bedrooms. And we've got to begin to be the connecting point between heaven and earth. Let's just stand for a moment. Now don't check out on me. If you go, if I could have somebody just take, can I, can I hand this? Thank you. go you know what just everybody close their eyes for a second because I, I just want to be really sensitive I've been married 
married to Rachel Downey Hood for 31 years. I've had three sons, three beautiful daughter-in-laws, and now I'm going to get my first granddaughter within the next couple weeks. Do you know what wisdom it was for me to say yes to that lady? To come into agreement with God's thoughts. A whole generation like the first century is going to get pulled out of immorality and self-hatred and bondage. They're going to get rescued. They're going to do the greatest exploits of love the world has ever known. But it's not going to be through rhetoric. It's going to be through coming into understanding of who you are. I'm a child of God. I'm beloved. I'm Hephzibah. The Lord delights in me. I'm Beulah. I'm married to the Lord. You're here tonight. You go, I, I, I need to get devils out of my bathroom and bedroom. If that's you, I want you to come right up here. Just come right up here to the front. I want to break agreement with the evil one. There's no shame. There's no shame here tonight. I just opened up to you my story. You've got your own story. Almighty deliverance tonight. For this reason, the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Some of you are going to go to your bedrooms and your bathrooms and you're going to Repent and ask the Lord to forgive you for coming to agreement. You're going to speak blessing over your body. You're going to command Satan and every devil of hell to get out of your house. You're going to begin to pray in tongues and worship and bless your body. You're going to write, Hephzibah, Beulah, the Lord delights in me. I'm married to the Lord. I'm fit for a king. He's going to band you together to begin to prophesy and declare who you are to each other. Come out of the darkness to be the connecting point between heaven and earth. Some of you have said, I hate myself. Some of you have said, I wish I were dead. Tell the Lord you're sorry right now. I can't imagine if my sons wanted to end their life. Tell him you're sorry. He loves you. You're his. Tell him you're sorry. Now ask him, say, forgive me for every wrong done, every lie believed. In fact, just pray with me now. For those who are in the room that you're not up here, extend your hand, pray for them right now. There's about to be a power encounter. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Deliverance. Mighty deliverance. Pray with me right now, Father. Say it out loud. Say it with boldness. He's your Father. He's your Father. He loves you. Father. Father. My Father. My Father. Abba. You love me. I'm your child. Your son died for me. To set me free. Those who the Son sets free are free indeed. Hallelujah. Father, forgive me for every sin done in my body. Father, forgive me for self-hatred. Father, forgive me for coming into agreement with the lies of the enemy. Forgive me for building altars to devils in my bedroom, in my bathroom. Forgive me for every word spoken against my body. Forgive me. I will not hate what you love and died for. You have a good future for me. You have a good future for me. So Satan, Satan, say it out loud. Satan, in the name of Jesus, I renounce every sin done in my body from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I renounce every sin. I renounce perversion. I renounce immorality. I renounce pornography. I renounce sexual immorality. In the name of Jesus, I renounce self-hatred. I will not hate what you love. I renounce every demonic lie. If you've said, I hate myself or I wish I were dead, just tell the Lord right now where you're at. Say, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. So right now, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I renounce all your works. I renounce all your lies. And in the name of Jesus, I command you to go, go, go.
I'm Hepzibah. Say it. I'm Hepzibah. Say it. I'm Hepzibah. You're not saying it. I'm Hepzibah. I'm Hepzibah. The Lord delights in me. I'm Beulah. I'm married to the Lord. I'm fit for a king. I am my beloved. And my beloved is mine. I have a good future. A good future. I renounce fear. In the name of Jesus, I break your power. I command you to go. In Jesus' name. And now just hold your hands up like you're receiving a gift, like right in front of you. You didn't earn this. You can't work it up. He purchased it for you on Calvary. He did the work. All you've got to do is receive. Receive the Holy Spirit. <sighs> receive the Holy Spirit. You are free. Freedom. 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 Just say this with me. I renounce depression. I renounce despair. I renounce affliction. I renounce infirmity. You have to go now. Go. 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 Fire. Now pray with me. I renounce suicide and every suicidal thought. You are not my portion. You have to go now. 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 Go. 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 He loves you. Now come, Holy Spirit. Release joy. He loves you. 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 He has a good future. Come, Holy Spirit. Release your power. Heal every sick body right now. Release your power every infirmity release healing freedom from all affliction right now go go power come right now right now come osteoporosis fibromyalgia oh life's disease healing now in the name of Jesus carpal tunnel carpal tunnel healing right now for carpal tunnel. Oh! Blessing to ovaries. Blessing right now. 
barrenness has to leave now. Now, 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 now. You shall be with child in the name of Jesus. Demetriosis, you have to leave now, now, in Jesus' name. Healing, healing, deliverance. Now, go. Fight. He loves you. Receive the Holy Spirit. He loves you. of thyroids right now in the name of Jesus. Power, 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 power. Fire. Fire. Now, some of you, you don't have to raise your hand or so who you are, but I just received a word of knowledge that there's some of you who have been in marriage for several years and you live in the pain of not feeling desire, your body feeling the pain in that place where you should have acceptance and love. The Lord wants to come and release healing power right now and restore your marriage and give mutual delight and desire. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. Break the torment off of marriages right now. Set them in order right now. Right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Right now. Freedom. Freedom. In Jesus' name. There's healing coming. It's not just for young people. It's not just a women issue. Men, the Lord is releasing freedom right now from torment because of body image. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Freedom. the word out loud I heard a word one of you are never going to cut yourself again right now the Holy Spirit's coming to you to deliver you from cutting and throwing up right now the Lord is healing right now your digestive tract right now right now your esophagus your food pipe right now there's healing where there's been damage from acid from throwing up right now you're never going to have to cut again the Lord's setting you free freedom right now right now right now he loves
loves you. He loves you. Now the Lord, I believe, wants to release joy. Do you want to receive the joy of the Lord? I want you to come forward. Just for a moment, just bring it all the way down. Just all the way down. It sounds so good, but I want to just come forward. The Lord's moving. People are getting set free right now. Hallelujah. Right now. Pain from coming into agreement with lies with the evil one. Love, we got to get past the rhetoric of the healing movement to move into an understanding of who we are before him and to get freed up of what the evil one has tormented. It's time. It's time. It's time right now. Shift. You know what shift means? Go into your bedroom tonight. Do business. Tear down altars to devils where you've come into agreement with lies in front of those mirrors, in those bathrooms, your bedrooms. Come out of agreement with those lies. Renounce them. Dedicate that space for intimate encounters with Jesus where he'll whisper his whispers of love over your life, where he'll meet you with dreams in what was a place of of torment and become that chamber of encounter. That banqueting table of love for Song of Songs too. Come Holy Spirit. Come right now and release your power. Come right now. Oh gentle lover, come right now. Come right now. Just receive the Holy Spirit. All over the room. You don't have to make anything up. You just receive. He purchased it for you. You're the one he loves. Here they are, Jesus. The ones you love. The ones you die for. The one you're going to be with forever. Come to him now. Come, Holy Spirit. We're just going to wait before the Lord. <laughs> Release your joy. Release your joy. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Come, fill them from the tops of their heads to the bottom of their feet. <laughs> oh. Release it, God. He loves you. He loves you. I saw someone just get set free. You've been left by a spouse. And the pain of that. The Lord's just setting you free right now. Setting you free. He's got a good future for you. The Lord delights in you. You're fit for a king. He's breaking off the lies of the evil one spoken through your spouse. Come, Holy Spirit. Whew. There.
There it is. Oh, God. Oh, oh, oh. Just receive. If you're not feeling anything, the Lord loves you. The pay's the same. I don't have to yell. I just feel him. Oh, God. Come, Holy Spirit. More. Increase your presence. Make this room a chamber of encounter. Waves of your glory. Waves of your joy. Waves. Oh, there it is. Oh. Some of you, the Lord, even as your experience is joy, you're getting healed. Just move whatever it was that you couldn't move before. If he heals you, let me know. Just raise your hand. Go, I'm, I, I think the Lord just healed me. Ho! Freedom! 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 Whew. Oh, there it is. <laughs> More increase. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We ask you to do more. Oh, gentle. Gentle Savior. Joyous worker, Holy Spirit. He's the joyous worker. He tells you to be cheerful in all you, all you do unto the Lord. He's the most cheerful worker in the universe. He loves to make us holy. He loves to set us free. Oh, God. There it is. There it is. Receive it. There it is. Freedom. Freedom. Oh, glory. More, Lord. Now, this isn't the time to look around. Ask the Lord. I tell you what. This is the time to ask. He's here. The Lord is here. Say, Lord, come. Touch me. Touch me. Feel me. Oh, hallelujah.
Now the Holy Spirit's so kind, he'll move on some of you with healing, some with laughter, some with fire. Some of you might even start travailing for souls. He does whatever he wants. Oh, it's his house. joy of the Lord is your strength. He loves you. More. More. Don't worry about someone else. You just ask the Lord to fill you. Oh, he's the living God. He's alive. He's alive. Ooh. Oh. Glory. 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 More. More. There it is. <laughs> you, you, thought, you, you thought you weren't going to get it. <laughs> Surprise. Oh. Oh. Oh, glory. Glory. Oh, shower. Shoo. Glory. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, He loves you. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? He loves you. He loves you. Oh, hi. Oh, more. Yes, freedom. More increase. Fire. You see what just happened? There was laughter. Now there's like wind and encounters beginning to move. Like wind, like fire. More. More. Oh, God. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. Release commissionings. Release encounters. Oh, yeah. He's chosen you, young lady. He's chosen you. Filler. Now. 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 Filler. Now. Power. Fire. Glory. 
glory. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Shondo lebe kete lebe yerobo koto lobo yorobo yorobo. Oh, oh man. Belinda the healer. Belinda the healer. Oh, no eye has even seen, or yet has it entered into the thought of a man what God has for those who love him. Fire, fresh fire on my friends. Fresh fire, power, power. Mas fuego, mas fuego, mas fuego, mas fuego, glória a Deus, fire, more, no spectators, right now it's time to call upon the Lord, fill me, fill me, fill me. Oh, those old spectator altar calls are over. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Hey, hey. Fire. Come on. Come. Come, glory. Lord, put fire on their hands, fire in their eyes, fire in the heart. Oh, waves of liquid love. Let it come. Freedom. More. More. More, more, more. Oh, oh. I'm telling you, there's something over here. More, more, more. Okay, if right now you go, I, I feel the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. You might feel your heart beating. You might feel presence on you, heat. Some of you, it's laughter. Some of you, it's a, you're in this place of weeping, tender weeping. That's you. You go, I feel 
It's not a sign of elitism. It just means the Lord wants us to pray for you tonight. If that's you, just raise your hand right where you are. Say, I feel the manifest presence of the Lord. Raise your hand real high. Raise it high and keep it up. If you see a hand raised around, how many of you don't have a hand raised? Well, you're the, you're the ministry team. Lay hands. If that's you, you go, I feel the manifest presence of the Lord. I want you to come up closer. Come all the way up to the front. You, I feel the manifest presence of the Lord. We're going to ask for him to increase his fire, his wine, his wind, his presence. Come right on up to the front. Come on up. And now for the rest of you, begin to walk through and ask for the Lord to increase his presence. Increase. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More. Oh, glad worker of heaven. Glad worker. Holy Spirit, come. Fill it. Now. Now. Fire. Now. I saw someone you, you've just had a child recently and you've been going through postpartum depression. You've wondered if you're going to be like this. The Lord says, no, I'm with you. I love you. Lean into me. Lean into me. Lean into me. I will restore your joy. I will fill you with love. Lean into me. Trust me. The Bible says in Isaiah 40 that he gently leads mothers with young. He's gentle with young mothers. I just hear him declaring that he's gentle with you. He's gentle with you. Fire. 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 We need some more intercessors. If some people will come help me pray. Fire. Glory. Blessing. Waves of glory, come. Waves of glory.
If I could have two or three people just come around and pray for my dear sister right here. I heard the Lord said, you are dear to him. Enough or he would call you out before all the people that he loves you. Come right around her. Begin to pray for her. You're dear to him. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh. Oh, God.
Now, go. Pay. Affliction. Leave. Freedom. Come. Come. Glory. I just see the Lord is giving futures to people who didn't think they had futures. Thought you were counted out. Thought it was too late. You thought the sickness was too strong. You thought the pain was too great. Freedom in the name of Jesus. How you thought the despair was too dark. Freedom, joy, in Jesus' name. He loves you. Some of you don't feel anything. It's okay. The cross is the same. Whether you feel anything or not. Jesus has done the work. And the Holy Spirit dwells in you. For all those who sincerely have called upon His name. He loves you. You have a good future. Those who look to the Lord. Will never be put to shame. Their faces shall be radiant. That's what I just heard about you. Your face will be radiant. It's going to be a radiance of the Lord's glory and light and love on your face. People will see His radiance on you. A good future.
Come Holy Spirit more. Some of you, if you... Whoa. Come Holy Spirit. Covington, if we could just have a song now. Just, just see what he wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> 